Buenos dias, bonjour, Annie, and welcome to Georgian Bay Roots. My name is Tom Thwaites, and together with Kelly, Kaylee, and Tim, we are the official radio show of the Mighty Summer Folk, and the place to hear the music made and played right here in Grey Bruce. As such, we're sponsored by the Georgian Bay Folk Society and the Owen Sound Hub, and we honestly can't thank them enough for that. For today's show, I've lined up some exclusive sneak peeks of some yet-to-be-released tracks by Locals Culture Reject, Urban Waters, and Thresher. Uh, we got an embarrassment of tunes from local songsmiths appearing on stages near you. Um, excerpts from a recent interview with none other than Beverly Glenn Copeland, and to wrap up, a couple of tracks from the latest Sadie's record, Colder Streams. To kick things off, as heard just recently at the Heartwood, uh, um, an as-yet unreleased track from Culture Reject, this is War Machines. special thank you to Michael, Carrie, and Carly from Culture Reject for sharing a rough mix of War Machine with Georgian Bay Roots. 
The three of them recently debuted a collection of new tunes at the Heartwood, supported by Own Sound Poet Laureate Lauren Best, and I cannot wait to hear what else they've got in the can. From one exclusive track for Georgian Bay Roots to another, here's one from Urban Waters, a.k.a. Nathan Seaman, that will see the light of day on December 17th at Ramps High Five Space in Owen Sound. Um, he'll be hosting a vinyl release party on that day. That's December 17th at Ramp. Um, without any further ado, this is Urban Waters. Anticipating the season to come, this is a track called White Winter, only on Georgian Bay Roots. Cheap. 
out is hard, not working out is hard. But when you see the potential that you have inside, it's your light, the fire, and the animal that you see shall rise. Calling all MCs, huh? I'm out of space here, me, uh. It started back in 89. My name is Tom Thwaites, you are listening to Georgian Bay Roots, and you just heard Owen Sound's own Thresher with a fresh one called The Delaminated Garden. Before that, you were listening to White Winter by Urban Waters, who will be hosting a vinyl release show at Ramped on December 17th. Together with Culture Reject at the top of the show, those two tracks complete a hat trick of as-yet-unreleased local tracks exclusive to Georgian Bay Roots. Now, if you've got some tunes you want to share with this program, or if you know a local musician who we should be shining a light on, please drop us a line via email, georgianbayroots at summerfolk.org. Before I delve into a bit of local history in the next segment, I want to play you a live track recorded November 1st by a new band out of Markdale playing an old classic. It's great to see teenagers still getting together to put on a show. 
This is Des Robertson and his band Quarantine with You Gotta Fight for Your Right. Straight out of Grey Highlands, that was Quarantine with their cover of a Beastie Boys classic that they pulled out for a gig in Markdale at the beginning of the month. A little while ago on CFOS, Steve Ritchie was waxing poetic about how important it is for teens to be in garage bands and how he fondly remembers playing Black Sabbath. Oh, he he played the drums in his band, by the way. I love imagining Steve Ritchie busting out some Black Sabbath in the drums. Uh, So he, he remembers playing some Black Sabbath and others with his own band in high school. I think they're called Magnum. 
Dave Robinson, the carver of the uh, Wires and Willie statue, um, designed the Magnum logo. Just fun fact. Um, and with quarantine, it's great to see the tradition continue. Um, speaking of high school, up next I've got the Kruger bands when the Tombstones played OSCVI queued up. The Tombstones were one of a few great bands rocking high school dances in Owen Sound in the 60s. The Kruger Band's Brian Leckie has a show coming up with Rob McLean at the Heartwood on November 22nd. For now, here's the Kruger Band with When the Tombstones Played OSCVI. Sweat. Got a brand new bag. 
Kruger Band with When the Tombstones played OSCVI. Uh, we're going to take a break for weather here on CFOS. And when we get back, uh, another history lesson, this time courtesy of the Weber Brothers. Weber Brothers with their song 60 Years of Rock and Roll. 
a history lesson in the life and times of the great Ronnie Hawkins. You can catch the Weber Brothers live at the Bayshore on November 25th. Tickets are $35, and trust me, the show will be well worth the price of admission. I was first introduced to the Weber Brothers back in the early aughts when they moved to the Peterborough area to work with Ronnie Hawkins. Before 60 years of rock and roll and the break for weather here on CFOS, you got a different history lesson courtesy of the Kruger Band with their song When the Tombstones Played OSCVI. Make sure you've got Brian Leckie and Rob McLean's show at the Heartwood on November 22nd marked on your calendar as well. Now, on the subject of lessons, I've been lucky enough to learn a thing or two uh, from Beverly Glenn Clopeland lately. I recorded a conversation with him in preparation for a piece that will appear in the upcoming winter issue of Mountain Life. As a special treat for Georgian Bay Roots listeners, today I've put together some excerpts from that conversation, plus some of Glenn's tunes for your listening pleasure. Enjoy. Yourself as a, a woods monk. Can you dig into that a little deeper? Well, I mean, first of all, monk is not really the, the really the proper, you know, word for it. It's it's more like I I um I really love the woods, and um, basically, I don't need to see a lot of folks, right? Um, and, and I have I see, the few friends that I have, you know, it's not there. There's hardly any, but friends that I have, I, I really love to, to see them. And, you know, I, I am expanding, getting to expand, uh, you know, getting to know more people because I'm in a new new environment, uh, especially because Elizabeth is incredibly uh, outgoing. And, um, you know, so I'm, I'm getting to know more people. Um, but uh, I do love solitude. And that is that is true. So in that sense, um, not all monks are, you know, in living in solitude uh, in, within the monkery. But <laughs> it's kind of, you know, it's it's a general quote. It's not it's not specific. It's, it's not specific. I was I was wondering how much overlap there was between sort of that self identification and your creative process. Like, how important was it that? Keyboard Fantasies was was written and recorded around Huntsville and the Canadian Shield and sort of in in the in a semi secluded environment. Like, what, could you have? Do you think he could have done the same thing in a different place? No, I don't think so because you know um, that is one of the things that I, I love about the natural environment. It's like you get to hear the call of the crows in their conversation and the ravens. You get to hear the balloons. Um, uh, you know, you can run up on things like I ran up on a, you know, a cougar once, right? Bears, bears are, uh, you know, in the woods. So you're, you're living with the natural environment and their, their life influences you in, in the sense of you understand what they need and what's important for them. Um, the same goes with, with trees, obviously, and plants and probably stones too. But anyway, yeah, no, I would not have been able to, uh, to write that in a city environment, not at all. 
That's interesting. I like I like that you brought up stones too, because I know you've you've mentioned something to me about you know wanting to be close to the Canadian Shield in Ontario, and then reading Elizabeth's piece about the cliffs, you know, to go to go from thinking about you know the natural world as a biotic world, but then also the abiotic components in there. And I was also just watching a, a documentary about Lee Scratch Perry, the great dub uh, dub artist. And he was saying that his original inspiration and what got him started in music was working on the highway crew, blasting rock on the way to Negril. And and the the bass and the drum sounds he was trying to get out of his dub was 100% trying to recreate the sound of the rock. So, like, can you reflect a little bit on... And, and then around here we have the escarpment. So you have the Canadian Shield, Elizabeth Cliffs, you know, you have echoes of it with this with Lee Scratch Perry talking about rocks, but like what what is it about to that that the geology? That... Well, I don't I, I can't really say. I didn't grow up around great cliffs of rock. Um all I know is that when I saw the great cliffs of rock, I uh, I I went, Oh, this is home. That's what it felt like to me. That's the only way I can describe it. And um, I, what is it about rocks? Uh, um, well, first of all, you know, they came way before organic matter. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so they are ancient, ancient, ancient. And especially, um, you know, the Canadian shield is very ancient. <laughs> It's it's the huge mountains that got worn down over time, right? <laughs> yeah. And uh, I, I think, I, I'm, and I could be wrong, and uh, you know, so if you quote me, do you know, do know that my quotes are <laughs> are, are approximate. Um, but um, you know, to to stand on you know rocks that are billions of years old is, uh, and to realize that you know as the earth was forming um that that was you know one of the first things that that uh, she came up with frankly that wasn't liquid <laughs> rocks and water right yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. you're you're right on the money in in terms of your description of the canadian shield like it's it's literally the bedrock the foundation of of, of the world like it, it's just this one spot in the world where where the one of the few spots in the world where the bedrock pops up to the surface. Because the impression I get from listening to your stuff is this very natural, very like organic, very uh, in in tune with sort of the life that, like you said, the life that's around you. Um, and I and I I try to imagine well with the time you spent in McGill, and I and I I have every reason to believe. Where, did you record most of Primal Prayer in Montreal? And was that sort of like a, I'm imagining like a Mount Royal, sort of like walks to Mount Royal and situating no, yourself no, in the... Fair, um, no, no. Um, fair, it had nothing to do with anything that had to do with cities whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And because I, you know, I mean, at the time when I, when I wrote Primal Prayer, I was living on the, uh, up in the Huntsville area, north of Huntsville. Okay. Um, and um, you know that was my, you know, the, the day that was my influence. It was you know the world, the natural world around me um, that wasn't 
you know, essentially man-made. I'm sure the, the trees and whatever, you know, were not as old as the ancient ones that we are busy cutting down in the West Coast. Um, but, um, you know, they, they were, they nevertheless were um, quite wonderful for me to be in and among and to, to run through the woods and see not another soul and um, only uh, the, the life of, uh, of, you know, the plant life and the animal life and, you know, things that swam in the water because there was water there. And, you know, that was, was really quite something for me. It was a, a return to the Canadian Shield. And were you doing your Sesame Street street writing and Mr. Dress-Up appearances from that area as well, like commuting down? Um, yes, I was. In the, in the early days, I definitely was. Um, in fact, most of that was there. I'm constantly fascinated by every everything I read and hear about your your creative process. And when, when I'm listening to you talk about it now, it, it it's in... It, what I what I'm hearing is, you know, as opposed to the way I've kind of come to think of it in terms of like the divine inspiration, sort of like William Blake talked about, and sort of like channeling. You you talk about the universal broadcast system. You're it's a very much more uh, like a, a rooted and sort of day to day sort of natural inspiration. Like you're listening to the world around you as opposed to, you know, waiting for this voice on high. Or is it or is it like a mix of both? Or like, how would you describe that? I don't think of it as so much as a voice on high as much as that ideas have a life. And they can, they, they, I call that life the universal broadcasting system. And um, they are not necessarily ideas that we are coming up with. I mean, that's not true for everybody, but, you know, it is true. You know, my wife is an incredible artist of, of all disciplines, as well as an amazing gardener. Just, I mean, she's introduced me to more things, but she knows more things about a garden than and about plants and the nature of soil. And, and you know, she, she, she can walk through the woods and tell you almost every little thing that's in there in a wild wood. And, you know, so she's really helped me to, to understand um, a lot about the world I'm walking in that when I'm out in the woods or, you know, whatever, um, which I really appreciate. Um, but it's, it, she, told me, she told me a story um, that she that she read about uh, a well-known author um, who had a very dear friend who was also a, a, a fine author. And um, the, the first author, author number one, had this idea come to her, and she tried to work it out, but she realized that she just didn't have the time and so she let it go and then about a year later or so she went to a party and saw a very dear that you know writer number two was a good friend of hers 
And writer number two said, oh, I'm working on this new book. It's almost finished, blah, blah, blah. And she described the exact same story. Oh, wow. Exact same story. <laughs> Not nearly the same, exactly the same. Yeah. So it's like, you know, and the, all my friends, most of my friends are artists. Most, most are visual artists, actually. And almost all of them say the same thing. They say, you know, I work on my craft and I paint or I do whatever I do, um, you know, and I, I, I work at it. But the great, the pieces that are really my finest pieces, I, it's like all of a sudden I feel like, oh, my, my brush is being guided. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm not, this, this is just come and I'm just going with it and then, you know, and I, I, and they all say, I feel like it was sent to me. They all say that. It's very interesting. Would you say with you personally, there's a correlation between, you know, times in your life where you, where you've felt more creative uh, because you're in more natural environment or does it not seem to have any connection at all? Because I've lived most of my life in a, mo a natural environment, with with a few few times when I lived in cities, relatively speaking, I you know I, it's hard for me to you know to say because it's it's just where I've always lived. I, I haven't lived in cities for the most part, except for short periods of time. I, I actually lived in New York City once for you know one year, and it was like it was. It was, that was it. I couldn't deal with it. It was like, I felt like I was in the, I, I couldn't see the sun. I, there were too many huge, tall buildings around me. I couldn't see the sun. I couldn't, I couldn't see enough trees. I, I just, it wasn't for me. So I left it. There are other people that are just like, yeah, this, this is, this inspires me. There are all these crea other creative people in great volumes in, in those places. and. We're all talking, and, and, and it inspires me, and blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, it's just, that's just me. Yeah. Well, I appreciate uh, you uh, answering my questions. It's, uh, oh, I, listen, thank you. They were wonderful questions. <laughs> thank you. I feel uh, very humbling. It's very humbling to, to be able to speak to you one-on-one. -on -one. I, I, I am humbled as well in the other direction. Um, I, I keep meeting people who who are um, so kind um, and so loving, and um, you know, and I'm, and some of them I'm meeting through my wife, and some of them I'm meeting through other friends, and it's you know, it's quite it's quite extraordinary. It's really quite extraordinary. I feel like there is a very loving community that is in operation in the world today. And, it, and it's happening in all countries where people are gathering and, and being community and really caring for each other. Welcome back to Georgian Bay Roots. My name is Tom Thwaites, and you've been listening to highlights from my conversation with Beverly Glenn Copeland. One thing we didn't get a chance to, do, to discuss was any memories Glenn has of playing OSCVI with Bruce Coburn in 1970 or Summer Folk in 76 or 77. Maybe next time. Um, 
while I've got you in Glenn's rarefied headspace, I want to play you a fantastic example of Glenn's universal broadcast system. One morning, Glenn woke up able to understand rudimentary Italian. He took the opportunity to write down some lyrics, which can be heard sung by mezzo-soprano Maggie Dace Hollis in Glenn's song, La Vita. Enjoy.
How do you follow up something like that? Uh, you just heard a track from Beverly Glenn, Glenn Copeland's 2004 release, Primal Prayer, called La Vita. Um, one nice segue is to talk about Summerfolk founder and Georgian Bay Roots co-host Tim Harrison. Tim was lucky enough to witness Glenn's performance at OSCVI in 1970 and is none other than the man responsible for booking Glenn for the first two Summerfolks. Now, Tim's got a show coming up very soon, November 18th to be exact, with Corey Martindale at Ramped. This show is also a vinyl release party for Tim's most recent collection of songs, and your ticket price at the door gets you $10 off Tim's new offering, as if you needed more incentive to show up on Friday night. For now, I want to play you something from Tim's very first record, released in 1978 on Second Avenue Records, produced by Stan Rogers and recorded at Daniel Lanois' basement studio. Please enjoy Pleasure in Ruin. My pleasure's in ruin, my lady's to bed, and the fire's burning low. The time just slips by as I stare at the sky and wonder, will I ever Sing me, sing me a piece where the strings are few. Sing me, sing me, and maybe I'll get there too. Drinks are all poured, the wind song is sweet, but the atmosphere is burnt with the roof. The hands feeling numb, the greens have all come, but the strings are playing. Sing me, 
an artist I've been meaning to play on Georgia Bay Roots for a long time. My name's Tom Thwaites, and you just heard a clip from Alfie Fromage's show on CKVR. The whole Fromage family are a cornerstone of the musical history of Grey Bruce, and not just because of the weekly musical review show Alfie hosted. Fromage's music store was where countless local musicians went to buy or rent the gear they needed for their gigs and recordings. Before Alfie Fromage, you heard from one such musician who would have patronized the Fromage store, you heard Georgian Bay Roots co-host and summer folk founder Tim Harrison with Pleasure and Ruin. Remember to mark Tim's vinyl release show at Ramped on November 18th on your calendar. Now for something completely different, but still with a local connection, I give you Max Galactic and the Cloud of Evil. From 2010, here's their song, Another Night on the Sea. Hoist that line, son, get whoever can to steer. Devil take the hindmost knob and bring it up the rear. The skipper's full of kin, the first mate's sick on love. So I'll call out the orders for now, just pierce the sun. The best captain I've ever known has had that look since we left town. Like he's past the point of caring if we float or if we drown. I thank whatever god you name if we turn this ship around. I know it's in New Orleans where my body should be found. Another night on the sea With my friends, with my friends With no one but me Every port's the same The pen just 
just like a dancer The whiskey in my blood The words upon the paper Like a soldier in the mud My remembrance of things past Will be my cross forevermore If I lie down in the ocean They may make it back to shore Tularah Tularia Another night On the sea With my friends With my friends With no one Tom Waits inspired tune there for you. Uh, you've been listening to Another Night on the Sea by Max Galactic and the Cloud of Evil on Georgian Bay Roots. The drummer in that band, Justin Rupel, grew up in Ravenna and is a graduate of Meaford's own Georgian Bay Secondary School, where he played in a band with that venerable institution's incredible music teacher, Mr. Patrick Blaney. My name is Tom Thwaites. I want to thank you for tuning in today. Whether it's Kelly, Kaylee, Tim, or myself hosting, you can catch us every Sunday at 4 on AM 560 CFOS, unless there's a hockey game on, in which case we'll play after the, uh, the hockey game. Uh, you can catch us twice a week at bluesandrootsradio.com, and anytime you want, on the Georgian Bay Roots SoundCloud page, or on the radio widget at summerfolk.org. Speaking of Summerfolk, as promised, I want to wrap up today's show with the Sadies, a band who have played countless shows in the area, including Summerfolk itself. Their new album, Colder Streams, arrived in the mail this week, and it is absolutely amazing. This one, topically enough for the end of the show, it's called End Credits. See you next time. (laughs) 